Welcome to our series, Alumni Conversations, where we sit down with alumni from our executive education programs to hear how their experience has had an impact. Today, Lori Spadaro, Director of the Master of Business Operational Excellence Program, sits down with Elizabeth Howe, MBOE Class of 2020. Listen to how Elizabeth started a new role after graduation, serving as the first Director of Process Improvement for North American Dental Group. Hello, welcome to our MBOE Alumni Conversation webinar series. My name is Lori Spadaro, and I'm the Director of the MBOE program, as well as a 2016 graduate of the program. Thank you for taking your time to spend with us today to, um, to hear our next alum, alumni speak. Um, today's special guest is Elizabeth Howe, Director of Process Improvement and North American Dental Group and a 2020 graduate of the MBOE program. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us today. Laurie, thanks for having me. So Elizabeth, tell us about your new organization and your current position in that organization and maybe some background on, on your prior um, position at Duke Health. Sure. Um, so it's a new year and I'm working for a new organization in a new role, but in the same place that I've been working from for the past nine months, which has been my home office. Um, I started with the North American Dental Group shortly after completing the MBOA program and I joined them as their first director of process improvement. Um, NADG is the largest multi-site group dentistry organization in the country. They have um, more than 250 practices and are located in 15 states. Um, their organization is experiencing rapid growth and has been challenged by inconsistent processes and procedures across the company. And as they continue to grow, they're seeking to deliver um, an increased value to the customer and improved patient experience. So I've been charged with setting up a lean improvement program to optimize um, the processes while creating systems to enable and empower their leaders to ultimately do the same. Um, but prior to joining the MBOE program, I worked for Duke Primary Care, which really has served as Duke Health's grassroots lean explorer. Um, so started there and transitioned to NADG shortly after completing the program. Well, great. It sounds exciting. So you really have some good things happening this in 2021 and, and really are starting from the ground up. So that's that's exciting. Hopefully everybody uh, at your new organization um, jumps on board and understands how important OPEX and lean processes are. And um, I'm sure you'll turn them around and <laughs> whip them all into shape pretty quickly. Um, so Elizabeth, um, at Duke Health, how much, you worked in lean, that was part of your job. So how much experience did you have and, and how did they roll things out, lean processes and things like that out there in the, at Duke? Yeah, sure. So I started my career um, in operations and really found a passion for improvement early on um, as I was a practice leader for a primary care practice that served as a model cell um, for what was to be a multi-year lean transformation um, that was ultimately led by an MBOE alumni, Heather Marstiller. Um, and that work really paved the way for me to not only find my passion and improvement, but it led to a full-time role where I could focus entirely on improvement and um, where I was able to spread the work that we had done in that model cell practice, but also stand up a lean management system um, where we also were able to incorporate lean into our strategic planning and deployment processes. So worked with an organization that really kind of started off as grassroots within Duke um, and now, 10 years later, Duke Health is um, really on their lean journey as well. 
That's great. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Heather Marstler, who's an MBOE grad. So was it Heather's influence that made you consider MBOE or, or how did you go even know about it or go about wanting to be interested in, in applying? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Heather absolutely inspired me to join. She's one of my mentors, but I knew all along that I needed to complete um, my advanced degree. I needed to have my master's before I would be able to grow anymore within my role. Um, and I strongly considered pursuing an MHA or an MBA. After all, we've got some of the best colleges in our back in our backyard here in North Carolina. We've got Duke and Carolina. Um, I mean, they're both all right here, but the structure of the MBOE program um, was just a differentiator. The synchronous plus the asynchronous learning, um, having the ability to complete an applicable capstone project back at work that aligned with the program learnings, the assignment of a coach, all of those things really were true differentiators. It correlated at the same time of Duke's lean journey taking off and improvement was a clear passion for me. And so it just really seemed to be the, the right next step. Um, I think additionally, it was clear that the ongoing challenges and changes in healthcare um, were really necessitating the types of skills that the MBOE program would offer and deliver over a more traditional MBA program. Um, little did I know that a year and a half later, we'd be in the middle of a global pandemic, which has beautifully illustrated the need for operational excellence in all industries. So I definitely think it was the right choice. Yeah, that's great. So so it did help. I think that the culture at Duke Health was one that they wanted to transform. They right. wanted to pop X in. And so it's a little more difficult if you don't have that culture. Not impossible, but a little more difficult. So, so that's good that it aligned and Heather kind of, you know, directed you to the MBOE program. So you actually came into the MBOE program in the 2019 cohort, and you had to leave after one semester and defer to the 2020 cohort. So how, you know, would you discuss like your thoughts on that, how we were able to help you maneuver through that? And, you know, if you had, I don't know, just was it an easy transition for you? Because I know you met people from the first semester and became friends and networked with that first cohort. And then you had to come into a brand new cohort, which, and you did right from the beginning, you could have waited a semester because you completed the first semester of the program, but you came in any way. And, and just can we just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the decision to defer was incredibly hard. Um, I did not want to miss out on any of the incredible value that the program was delivering. And you're, you nailed it. I mean, I made some really great relationships um, with that first cohort and had made a lot of progress in the capstone project that I had started. And I was really committed to seeing those things through. Um, and so the decision to defer was, it was a really difficult one to make, but AC was really reassuring um, that if I made the decision that he'd see to it that my experience and learning weren't compromised. Um, with his encouragement and yours, um, I picked up at the very beginning of the following year's cohort. Um, and given the amount of group work and the emphasis on relationship building, it really seemed like the best path forward to ensure that I was getting everything that I could out of the program. And so um, last December, I packed up my nine-week-old daughter and my mother-in-law in her rocking chair, and we drove from North Carolina to Columbus um, to attend orientation in week one for the second time. And without a doubt, that was the absolute best decision. I was able to 
um, witnessed firsthand how the MBOE program has continuously improved, which was really cool thing to experience. Um, a few changes were made to the sequencing and the formatting of the program, and it was great to see how they adapted to the program. Uh, they adapted the program to the previous group's feedback. Um, more than that, I was able to gain not only newer and deeper perspectives from the learning after sitting through it a second time, but I was able to form some of the strongest relationships of my professional career. Um, I had a huge, huge fear of missing out um, when I made the decision to defer, but I feel like ultimately hindsight's 2020, but I got the best of both worlds and I couldn't be more thankful. Well, that's great. I'm glad that the transition was easy. Obviously, you know, like you said, it wasn't easy for you to defer, but you know, we made it easy and to have you come back or at least try to make it easier for you to come back and bring in that baby, you know, so when <laughs> you all graduated, um, you know, there was a, a, the students in, in Elizabeth's cohort that just graduated in December were able to make um, a video and one of, one of her colleagues are in, in her class said, he, he, he thought the strangest thing was, you know, she said she brought her baby to class and, and but he, she left the baby in the hotel. And so he's like, I can't believe she like left her baby alone in the hotel room. Like, are, is there a monitor? Are you monitoring her in here? She had her mother-in-law with her, but that was like the thing that stood out to him the most during that first session, you know, like, oh God, this lady brought, she's committed. She brought her, you know, baby and she's leaving her in the hotel, but yeah. Then he asked if I had a baby monitor on my cell phone and I said, no, my mother-in-law's in there with the baby. But what the funniest part is he's going to be a dad and he's going yeah. to be the best dad, but he's expecting the spring and that's yeah. just great. Yeah. He probably wanted to know if he can leave his baby in the hotel room too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was just, you know, he just was like looking at her like, what? But so you made a good point though, because you came in, you did a whole semester with the 2019 cohort and then came in and did the whole program with the 2020 cohort. And we always talk about when you continuously improve and you do projects, you're not done. Mm -hmm. So you're saying for us, you for you, you were able to see how MBOE had continuously improved based on the 2019 input we got from our students who are our customers. Right. And so you saw the changes. And again, from what your cohort said, which as Rahul um, talked about, all of you is the COVID cohort, right? Mm -hmm. We had to adapt and change so much with your cohort, the second one as well, because then we had to go virtual. So all those changes that we had to implement, how we then take those and apply them to following cohorts to make the program even better. So I'm glad that you saw that firsthand that that's what we actually do. We get your input, get input from our students to make this program even better for, for future students and for future sessions. So one thing I wanted to, to, um, to discuss is with the MBOE program and the pandemic and everything that happened, how were you able to lead and adjust and just really bring what you've learned to, to your, you know, to your team back at Duke Health? with all the changes you guys were experiencing during the pandemic and, you know, did you have to pivot and adjust and, and were you stalled in your, in your capstone and things like that? Absolutely. I mean, the MBA program strengthened and further developed my leadership style and skills in ways that I probably could have never imagined. I mean, more articulate, focused, data-driven, reflective, 
understand the importance of um, developing others along the way, be able to serve in my absence and my transition in careers in the middle of a pandemic um, is, a, is a testament to that for sure. Um, I think that one of the biggest learnings is just the structured method to problem solving that the MBOE program teaches. I was able to apply to problems that had just varying backgrounds of complexity. So during the pandemic, my learnings allowed me to help our team stay focused on the problem at hand, which changed a few times um, as a result of the pandemic. But our commitment to following the methodology to ensure that we clearly understood the current state, even when it was changing, so that we were appropriately applying the correct countermeasures at the correct time, really paved the way for our success. Um, I think adhering to the A3 thinking which almost became contagious. Like once it's a part of how you and your team thinks, everybody begins thinking like that. And so it allowed us to run multiple PDSAs to stand up new systems and processes, um, that, such as drive up COVID testing or respiratory care centers, which segmented potential patients with COVID out of our routine care areas. Um, the rapid expansion of telehealth, just to name a few, um, and it, this was more about learning, more than learning about how to implement quickly, but we also needed to be able to continuously improve and adapt these new systems quickly based off of changing circumstances. So for example, the drive up testing sites that we set up in March are now able to handle, I think like 550 times the capacity compared to when we launched initially. What started off as tents are now brick and mortar drive-through sites so that the staff can be protected from the weather elements and it's provided substantial degree of sustainability to the operation. Um, once the vaccines have been for public distribution, some of those testing sites may even be converted into vaccine distribution sites. And so a lot of that same thinking that we were taught to apply to simple problems can be applied to complex problems and to systems to result in a sustainable, adaptable solution. Um, and I don't, even though I had a foundation of improvement experience, my learnings from MBOE are what allowed that to, to really stand on its own. Oh, that's great. And, and so when you talk about teaching your team, so in the MBOE program, everything that, that the students learn during that session they will go back and they will teach what they learned to their team and, and use that with their capstone project that they're working on to move forward, to get to a place where you are um, improving or experimenting or finding what the root cause is and, and moving forward. And so um, that's great. So what was your project when you started and what did it end up being when you ended? Sure, so we were, when, when I started, um, the second time around after coming back from maternity leave, the focus was really on improving access to care for um, patients with gastro and GI issues um, in a certain um, subset of our patient population. So we were looking at a specific geographic area. Um, when we rapid, when, when, when Duke Health shut down our ambulatory care sites during social and medical distancing, the, the situation changed. Um, it was no longer about expanding and increasing access to GI. We needed to rapidly expand um, access to all specialties. And so as a result, we um, expanded access to 
e-consults across Duke Health. And an e-consult is an innovative healthcare solution that allows providers to either ask a question about a patient's care or to coordinate specialty care for the patient. Epic, the EHR that was used at Duke, was never designed for this. And as a result, we had a huge area of opportunity following, following the e-consult as patients weren't being scheduled appropriately um, because the process was completely manual. It required um, people to click certain things and remember who to add and it was just a completely manual process. And so through this project, we engaged in a co-innovation design with Epic to link the e-consult process with our referral process so that 100% of the patients that needed to be scheduled would receive a referral, which allowed Duke to continue to offer e-consults to 14 different specialties into all 50 plus primary care sites, which has the potential to reduce cost of care and improve access um, by deferring unnecessary appointments. Um, so it's, it's a really great innovation um, and it at many times um, will allow patients to begin the diagnostic workup process prior to seeing the specialist, also saving time and money. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, just um, trying to figure out what you needed to do to change to still benefit the patients, right. right? And everybody involved too is pretty remarkable that you, you know, every, and, and, and you and so many other healthcare workers across this country really just had to just sit down and say, okay, what do we need and what can we do and how can we help people? And, and not only the people that were going through COVID, but all these other people who are ill too, right? It's different, right? And so they still need care. And how do you, how do you do that? And how do you make sure that, that it's, um, you know, that they can get the care they need in a way that's easier for them, right? So I don't know, it's crazy everything that you guys do. So Elizabeth, what through MBOE, what is one specific or foundational concept that you learned while you were in the program? Mm, I think probably the importance of applying the right tool at the right time. Um, you know, I think Oftentimes you learn a variety of different tools and you're eager to use them. Um, and a lot of times many things can be applicable, but I think the art of learning what to use when. Um, additionally, it would just be the emphasis on leader behaviors and how that actually impacts outcomes. Um, I don't think that there are enough programs that spend enough time um, talking about that, that correlation and NBOE definitely um, drove that home. Yeah, so one thing that we, we have really stressed more in the program the last probably two or three cohorts is leadership, really getting being leadership focused, humble inquiry, making people feel like they're part of the solution, not the problem, giving them ownership and how to ask the right questions and treat people like they matter, right? And so, you know, it's going in being a dictator saying we're going to change because this is the way it should be is not so helpful when you're trying to roll out a culture of continuous improvement and making people feel like they are part of the solution, right? So we do spend a lot of time. I know them just over the last couple of cohorts, we really have increased that leadership component um, such that you know it benefits everyone. They understand how to ask the right questions and how to treat people basically. Because you think Absolutely. you know, but, you know, not everybody always does. I mean, they they know what they know, right? So and, yeah. and the program really helped us define what respect for people means um, and just the emphasis on utilizing the skills of humble inquiry to demonstrate that respect. 
Um, and so I think it really translates a, a concept into action in a way that's tangible for, for leaders. So I absolutely appreciated that. Yeah, I think that when you treat people with that respect, then they want to do good, they want to help and they want to be involved and they want to make sure that they're the culture where they work and their jobs are, are, are better. They feel some, you know, fulfillment from that. Um, and it's all about how, you know, they are treated, you know, so it's, it's a great component to the program. So Elizabeth, um, if you were to speak to, to someone that's thinking about MBOE, a prospective student, what would you tell them? I'd say lean in. Um, <laughs> it's hands down one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, and the growth that I've experienced both personally and professionally has far exceeded anything that I could have ever imagined. Um, I really went into this um, hoping to not only just check a box, but to really, really um, have a great experience with the Gimbas and um, all of the different um, things that make the MBOE program unique. And it just, it far exceeded anything I could have imagined. So you kind of, you kind of said about your, you know, professional or, you know, professional experience. You've obviously, you, you have changed jobs, you know, um, you work for a whole different organization, starting with, you know, process improvement from the ground up to an organization doesn't have any yet. And they will, I'm <laughs> sure they will. Um, but personally, how has it affected you? just going through the program, do you do things differently? You know, just, you know, highlight a couple of things for us. Yeah, absolutely. So this is gonna sound so cliche, but it's true. I mean, I think MBOE changed my life and how I view the world. Um, like on a deeper note, I now have a clear personal true north and I've made decisions in my life that align to that true north. And it's amazing how transferable these practices are from problem solving to improving systems to improving your own personal world. But even something as simple as, you know, taking the time um, in between jobs to 5S my closet in my kitchen. Um, one of my classmates um, was doing the same and sent me a picture of her pantry a couple of days ago. And um, <laughs> so man, it absolutely um, has expanded beyond just my personal or my professional world and has just brought value in ways I would have never, never imagined. I, I would have never thought that five years ago I would be giggling over pantry organization <laughs> um, with, with colleagues at, at that. So it's true though. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I sure appreciate it. And, you know, if anybody listening wants to know more information, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to discuss MBOE with anyone, um, you know, and, and really, I think not only am I the director of the program, but I'm an alumni of the program. And, and I will be honest with you about what it takes. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a great program, but it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's 13 months and, and it's, you're going to school full-time, you're working full-time, you have a family. So we understand all those things, but it's still, like Elizabeth said, one of the best, you know, best things that she's done. And I feel the same way. And, and so do, you know, the majority of our alumni that I've spoken to. So thank you so much. And, and Elizabeth, if anybody wants to speak to you, um, would you be willing to have a conversation if they had questions about your journey? Oh, without a doubt. I'd be happy to speak to anybody that has any questions or is looking for any more information and wants to hear from it firsthand. Laurie's great, but I'm happy to speak to you as well. Great. Well, thank you so much and good luck. Good luck in your new job and I'll, I'll check in soon and um, see how you're doing. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. For more information on the Master of Business Operational Excellence Program, visit fisher.osu.edu backslash MBOE.